I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Having experienced their worst attendance since 2010, the Bucks have reduced the cost of season tickets. That's right. Some have been lowered as much as 32% in the 300 level. What's behind the reduction and... What about the Bucks' single-game prices, and what will the race pitching rotation look like by the end of the 2018 season? Who would be on the Mount Rushmore for the Lightning in a couple of years? And more importantly, who might be left off? We have all that and more on our mailbag segment on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know, it's a new year. If you have a new business or any business, really, that you would like to advertise with us, we'd love to have you. Our sponsors are showing great success by advertising here at Sports Day Tampa Bay, for more information, send us a tweet at Sports Day TV or at NFL Stroud, or you can email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. We'd love for to have you join our team. All right, so Steve, uh, yesterday morning uh, broke a story about the Bucks lowering their season pass tickets, and this is uh, in the Tampa Bay Times this morning in case you missed it uh, online yesterday, but... Uh, basically, yeah, this is you know fairly significant. I think that you know ap- after really three years of dwindling attendance, this is their lowest attendance since 2010. Uh, we'll get into the numbers here in just a minute. But when you look at these prices, and of course, you know this is like per game. We're not talking about the fact that they only have nine games instead of ten because we know that they're going to London to play in the international game. So this is not part of the quote unquote reduction. They're not just simply saying. Oh, look, one less game. You don't have to pay as much. No, we, we know that. This is a this is per ticket. Um, but some of these, you know, have have really uh, really been cut fairly significantly. I mean, they don't want it, to. It's not as if they're giving these things away. Let's let's they're not going out of business. Let's make that clear. This is not a fire sale. But I think they're being responsive to the fact that they they need people uh, to come to the games, obviously, and 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 they also recognize that there is a demand, especially in the 300 level, maybe to make some adjustments there. So you can get into a game in the 300 level. Uh, the lowest price point is uh, $30 a ticket. That's without uh, the TSA uh, fee of 250 and then sales tax, which is 8.5% now because of the, the county um, tax that was, uh, that was passed uh, you know, last November. So all in all, I mean, you know, we've, seen, we've seen it go the other way for a while, but, uh, but I think this is something that – should be well received by the fans, and and uh, you know they're they're obviously responding, you know, to what has not been a good attendance. I mean, over the last few years, just to put it in perspective, you know, the Bucks average this year fifty four thousand three hundred fifty six per game in announced attendance, and like I said, that's the fewest since two thousand and ten when they averaged forty nine thousand three fourteen. But if you look at the turnstile count by the TSA. The actual average attendance uh, this past year was 47,708 in eight games, and that's down 8.1% from 51,902 in 2017, which was also not a stellar year. Um, so, you know, this is what happens when you go 5 and 11, but nonetheless, you know, we know the $160 million of uh, improvements they made to their club areas in different parts of the, of the stadium, and, 
Um, if I if I'm a season pass holder, I'm definitely happy about this. This is something that's going to be, I would think, well received. Well, well received, and we also talk about look, the Glazers sell hope, and yes. with a new coach, new staff, new optimism, they're giving mm-hmm. chan- fans a, a chance to become season ticket members for a, ch- a lesser price, which is a good thing. Yeah. You're trying to entice entice the fans back. That's I mean, right. Ev- everyone agrees that Bruce Arians is a good hire. We'll see if it works mm-hmm. out a few years from now. Sure. But there's very little people saying, hey, this is, a, this is not a good hire at this point. So you've got a lot of optimism around the team. Make it enticing. I think it's a good move by the Glazers. Yeah, and they, you know, they, they're tapping into, into that. And, and I think selling hope is, is a good phrase for a team that hasn't made the postseason in 11 years. People have to understand that uh, this is a, you know, a win-now league. And I think more than ever, the Bucks are in win-now mode because they've just hired a 67-year-old head coach. Their quarterback is in his fifth year, the last under his rookie contract. They have a lot invested in him. Um, the offense is coming off a pretty stellar year. They've got a lot of free agents they have to resign. They have to rebuild the defense, and they got Todd Bowles to do that. It's a new coaching staff, which I think has gotten pretty good reviews from around the league. The people I've talked to, I mean, we were over there talking to Patrick Peterson the other day. He thinks B.A. is going to do an unbelievable job. Um, you know, he turned around Arizona and had two 10 winning seasons right off the bat, you know, and is, still has, I think, the five most successful seasons in Cardinals history when he was there. Uh, rarely loses two games in a row. I mean, you talked about him, uh, just just how accountable he makes his players. So, yeah, I, I think this is a way to court him back and, and try to get him back in the building. And, you know, I've always said, I mean, you know, it's it's a little like the movie theater, right? And to me, you know, these, these seats are a lot more expensive than going to a movie, but – it's the popcorn and Cokes and all that other stuff that makes a ton of money, not necessarily the tickets to the movie. So you need to get people in the building, create a home field advantage. We've seen so many games from other teams, especially the teams that travel well with their fans. They take over that building. You know, they're, uh, I think a lot of them get lower level tickets or the Bucks fans sell it to them or what have you, but it hasn't been much of a home field advantage. And that's on the team for not winning. That's on the ownership for not getting the right people to, uh, you know, to, to manage the team or coach the team. But established guy in Bruce Arians, a really good coaching staff, and you got to hope that, you know, that he gets Jameis Winston going and all is well. Absolutely. Well, that leads us into our first mailbag question. All right. So Tyler asked, what about single-game ticket prices for the Bucks? That is a great question, and I addressed it in my story a little bit. Um, single-game tickets, uh, on average, are going to be about 20% more than what these season passes are. So I would suggest that if you have an inclination to go to more than, I don't know, or, or if you want to see this, the, uh, what would it be? It would be nine games, including preseason. Um, you, you're better off buying a season pass, and it's just economically so. It's going to be 20% on average and up more if you go single, you know, single tickets because there's going to be some premium games. I would I would anticipate they haven't announced these, but like games like against the Giants or the Saints at home are going to be you know a little more expensive as far as single game goes. I mean they've charted all this stuff and and it just makes sense, you know. But we won't you won't know the the cost of those tickets because we don't have a schedule and we don't know what you know which ones are going to be premium games. We know their opponent, um, but you don't know how it's all gonna how it's all gonna play out. So until the NFL releases its schedule, usually sometime towards the end of April. Then the Bucks very quickly after that would would put single game tickets on sale, but as far as I know, they're going to be variable pricing depending on the game, but also on on average you're going to probably pay twenty percent more than you would if you buy a se- season pass. That much I know for a fact. 
that's kind of the way teams are going now is, one, that yeah. the individual game tickets are more expensive than if you buy it in a season ticket pack. And two, mm -hmm. there's flex pricing on certain games are going to be more expensive than others. Yeah, variable teams, pricing. Yeah. They did that three years ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. and pretty much every team anywhere is doing that now. All leagues, all, all sports, it's pretty much universal anymore. That's right. That's exactly right. And, of course, you know, this year you don't have to pay for 10 games with the game over in London. Um, that date will be released as well. Released as well. The, game, the game they're playing is against Carolina. It's a home game. They had to give that up uh, not because they want to make money or go over there. It's because they have the uh, Super Bowl as part of their bid in 2021. You have to agree to go to London one season in, you know, over the next five years. So uh, they'll go over there and they'll play Carolina and, uh, you know, the other games – We'll all be right here at Raymond James, the home games. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty good – it's an attractive home schedule. I mean, they've got, in addition to the NFC South rivals except for Carolina, you've got a, a games that they're hosting against the Giants, the Colts, who are a, a rising team this year that rebounded very well, the, the Houston Texans, who have won that division a number of years. Then uh, the 49ers come back again this season. And then the Arizona Cardinals, which will be – you know, an interesting game for Bruce Arians, and you'll see Larry Fitzgerald and some of those guys come in here. So it's a, it's a fairly attractive schedule. Obviously, the Giants and the Colts, probably the in New Orleans, probably the, the you know the three best teams that'll be here. Yeah, and Andrew Luck gets to face Bruce Arians too. So that's right. right. It's, like it's old whole, yeah, old home week. So there'll be a lot of re reuniting going on. So so that that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. I mean, we'll know more when the schedule is released, just what those prices are. But I will tell you that. Um, there's at least 20% and higher for single game. Excellent. Well, our second question comes from John, and he was replying to a tweet you had to about Gerald McCoy's cryptic tweet from the other night that we discussed yesterday on the podcast. And he says, if you're hinting at on staying or leaving, please just say so and stop leaving cliffhanger tweets because those of us who do want you to stay feel like we're being screwed with. Yeah, I don't know what Gerald's doing. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's not at the Pro Bowl. For the first time in seven years, so maybe he's missing that um, and has some time on his hands at home where he'd normally be over there in Orlando. But, um, look, I, it, it's no secret that this is a an, a different year, and, and, and we could be misinterpreting them. He talks about, you know, change, hitting you in the face and all this sort of stuff. Well, there is a change. There's a coaching change with the Bruce Arians, which is, let's see, since 2010, I would think that uh, – you know, Gerald's been through, let's see, one, fifth coach. two, three, four, fifth coach since 2010, which is a hell of a lot, and, and a, a lot more defensive line coach on top of that. Um, so, you know, he there's there's going to be changes. There always is, and he's gone through change. Um, he could be talking about the defensive scheme change. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to have some 3-4 looks, and how does he fit into that? And is he going to have to be, you know, made to be a little uncomfortable to learn the system and – uh, a new defense and a new position and what they want him to do. Uh, so that could be very well the only change he's talking about. Well, at this point, However, at this point the change is not up to him. No, it's not. No, it's not. He's under contract for $13 million this year to the Bucks, mm -hmm. and for he another is. couple years after that. But it's not guaranteed yep. money, so the Bucks could choose to cut him or walk away or ask him to take a pay cut. Right. Those are about the options, and, and you're right. But It's almost as if he's anticipating a shoe to drop. We don't know if it is or not. And from my information, there is nothing set in stone with respect to the Bucks and Gerald McCoy. I mean, their coaches have just gotten here and are starting the process of analyzing all the film, reviewing the plays and the players. Um, you know, they'll have other meetings about 
salary cap and what they think they can add in free agency and what how much money they have and stuff like that. And then they'll make a determination on Gerald based on where he is now, not not based on what the previous contract was. And they could do a lot of things. I mean, um, first and foremost, they could ask him to renegotiate it and take less money to stay here. Um, you know, and they could also just decide to release him, in which case, you know, he'd become a free agent and, you know, could elect to play more and, and resume his career in another city. You would hope that it would be, for his sake, one that has a contending team. Or, or and I've heard this from people that know him, and I, I don't really know whether to give more weight to it than anything else. I've heard that retirement would be an option. I mean, he's, you know, like I said, 30, you know, 31 years old is uh, – you know, had nine unbelievable seasons in the NFL by most people's measures. Of course, he was always compared to to Warren Sapp, but still six straight Pro Bowls. I mean, his name is going into that stadium. It's going to go in the ring of honor. Joe McCoy will be up there one day. So there's nothing to hang his head about his career. It's not his fault. He was on, you know, a bunch of teams that only had two winning seasons his entire stay here. And and one of those was, you know, when he was just drafted and got hurt. So it's 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 been a rough road for him, but I still think that he wants to play. Um, I called him the other night. You wouldn't throw that I called him at home, by the way, but I don't do it during the regular season. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of say, hey, is, what do these messages mean? Um, and he was just sort of like, oh, you know something I don't know. And fact is, I don't. But I do I do know or have a good sense that you know the Bucks uh, for right now have really not gotten into that topic very heavily. So whatever they're, whichever way they're leaning, they could easily, you know, lean the other way. So I just think we're going to have to wait and see. And probably sometime around we get to February and get closer to that, you know, to the free agent date. Um, if they were going to cut ties, they would do that and reward him for his loyalty and let him get out there and try to find a new team before all these other free agents, you know, get hit the market. All right. Rooting for UF asked, last year you had a good read on the Bucks' top draft targets. What's your early take this year? You know, I, I might have gotten lucky. I don't know how I did that because I'm not really much of a draft, Nick. I let everybody else do the work for me and then just, just take a good guess. But, um, yeah, last year it came down. You know, I mean, they, obviously the guys that went in front of them, they wanted. Um, it didn't happen. And then it, it came down between Vita Vea and Derwin James. And, of course, they took, uh, they took Vita Vea. Um, this year, look, they have a top five pick. They're number five in the draft order. So I would think that uh, – that that should help with narrowing it down a little bit, but you, you got to look at the at both lines. I think you got to look at the offensive line and the defensive line, and then if you go beyond that, then then you got to look at the corners. Um, you know they have a young young corners that they drafted last year. Some of them look good. Carlton Davis, I think, is going to be a player. M.J. Stewart may turn into a slot guy. We don't know about Vernon Hargraves coming back off the injury. Um, you know, sort of a make or break year for him in his last year, uh, next to last year of his contract. Um, you know, and, and so I, I think that defense is where you need to go unless you can, you know, fortify the offensive line a little bit. Remember now, uh, Donovan Smith's a free agent, so they have to re-sign him. He's not guaranteed to come back here unless they blow him away. They could they could put the franchise tag on him. That's my theory um, because he'd cost almost as much in free agency for some other team as it would be to franchise him, and then you control him for one more year, and you make a decision after that. But at least you have the, the you know, you have his abilities. Uh, but but I think that there's there, you know, Demar Dotson, what played ten years already. They don't have a right guard, um, so they have to look at that. And then defensive line wise, 
We've talked about Gerald McCoy. We don't know what his future is, where it stands um, this year or beyond. You know, you've got an, uh, an aging uh, Jason Pierre-Paul who had a tremendous season, but at 31, 32 years old, how long can he sustain that? You're going to have to start getting some younger players in here. Um, so that being said, uh, that's a long way of saying I'm not sure, but uh, you've got guys like uh, the, the best you know, tackle probably in college football coming out is Jonah Williams from Alabama now. He gave up some pressures to Clemson, but that's no shame in that because they've got NFL uh, defensive linemen on that side of the ball. Um, so, you know, you, you don't want to be uh, including um, – but there's there's guys like Ed Oliver we've talked about from Houston, the defensive end. Um, if you're looking at uh, Josh Allen, if he were still there from Kentucky, he's going to do very, very well in the draft. If you're looking for a corner, uh, LSU is a good place to go for those. And, and uh, Devin White's maybe the number one corner in the draft. So some combination of, of them or all of them, uh, you know, could be there, depending on how far the quarterbacks get pushed up. I mean, we do this every year. We say, well, the, here's your best position players, but you never account for the fact that, you know, the value of the quarterback position may push guys into the top five. And as they do, other players are going to be going to be fall to the Bucks. It's interesting um, this year know. because the top three picks don't need quarterbacks. They don't. Arizona's but, but always, got Josh Rosen, who will be in the second right. year. The 49ers mm-hmm. have Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Jets have Sam Darnold will be in the second year. Always remember, you, know, you could take – if you're a team that uh, is fine at quarterback, you can take, you know, like Nick Bosa, you can take guys uh, at other need positions. You can stay right there and pick your guy. Or um, very often I, I always say, you know, don't pay so much attention to who has the draft pick now. Yep. Pay more attention to the value of the player because if one of these quarterbacks – um, whether it's a kid from Ohio State, um, you Dwayne know, Haskins. Dwayne Haskins or one of those guys, Drew Locke or somebody like that. If one of those guys, you know, show out and do really well at the combine, the senior bowl, all that kind of stuff, then all of a sudden they're going to go regardless of who's picking there. Those teams will trade down and, and the quarterback's going to get pushed up. And that's the best case scenario for the Bucks. The more guys, obviously, um, that go ahead of them at the quarterback position pushes down a really, really good position player. I don't think the Bucks would consider a quarterback at number five. I really don't, or maybe not even in the first round, despite sort of a tenuous position by by Winston. You know, but uh, they they certainly you know they certainly could benefit where they're at at number five, either by picking or uh, moving down a few spots and still getting really really good players. So, but but if I if you if you force me to, to make a decision, I would say that they're going to get a defensive or offensive lineman. I just don't know what they think of Jonah Williams. I don't know what they think of say. Josh Allen over Ed Oliver. I mean, I, you know, those are all the evaluation part of it that right now kind of hard to know which way they're leaning yeah, on. Yeah, they're just starting that evaluation process at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, Ellis and Alejandro both had questions about the same. And it says, what positions will the Bucks be looking to address this year in free agency? Well. <laughs> and that affects the draft, of course, too. Yeah, it does. And, you know, the way it goes is that free agency is first. And. I always say this, that, you know, the way you want to approach free agency is if you had the lineup today, if you get no players in the draft at all and you're just playing with the guys that, that finish the year with you on the roster, on the 90-man roster, guys coming off IR, all those dudes like Hargraves, like all of them I've talked about, um, if you had to go out and play a game, you know, tomorrow night uh, against the, you know, the Super Bowl champions or, or against, the, you know, whoever that might end up being, the Patriots, you know, you got to cover yourself at every position with free agency. And what I mean by that is if you have a glaring weakness at corner, 
You might want to sign a free agent corner because you can't – you do not want to be hostage in the draft. You don't want to be one of these teams that says, well, I just got – I don't even have numbers. I, don't got, I got no players to play at this position. I was really counting on drafting a corner or drafting, uh, you know, an offensive tackle or whatever it is. So your goal should be to know that if all fails, if everything fails and you don't get those positions of need, um, that you're still in good enough shape with the free agents you sign to line up and, and play and be effective. So, um, again, we've identified those positions as being, what, offensive line, certainly, defensive line, inside, interior or out, outside. Um, you know, I think they need a safety, too, in free agency. And, you know, I think Tyron uh, Matthew might be, might be a free agent. I don't know what his plans are with Houston. He's going to go back and, and, and we'll see. But I mean, he may not be a free agent. I mean, that might be one of those where – He's under contract. I'd have to check, and, and there's speculation about him being released. At the end of the day, though, if you look at their secondary, right, young guys, um, Chris Conte's no longer with this team. You have one safety in Justin Evans who didn't play much and then got hurt, but they were really high on him the year before. So I think that secondary and, and the defensive line needs to be areas where, where you know you can fortify. But nobody – Let's be honest, nobody makes it to free agency that's any good. <laughs> I mean, there's a few, but if you're really, really good, like you're, you know, unless you're a diamond in the rough, um, your team's going to protect you and you're going to play for them. So um, there's baggage with all of these guys. And I think Jason Light over the years has done a little better job of sort of, you know, running the filter through them and making sure that um, they can help them this year. All right. Baffreyak asked, any chance that Todd Bowles goes and gets versatile linebacker Dion Buchanan from the Cardinals? He said we could definitely use him outside. Yeah, they could. And and I would think there is because he is going to be a free agent now. You know, again, um, you're talking about a limited salary cap and it's an allocation system. So you're going to have to take money from somebody because he's not going to play for cheap. I mean, he, he played under the fifth year option, which was the big balloon payment that the Cardinals gave him for being a first round pick. And, you know, a year ago he made $8.7 million. So I'm thinking he probably wants a raise north of that. Um, so you're going to have to really pay him on, on a team that doesn't have a very high payroll. But um, these are the kind of guys that you have a relationship with, you know what they're about, that in free agency sometimes teams go hard after. All right, Anand asks, would love your thoughts on Kareem Hunt in the Bucks uniform. With Jameis history, probably not the kind of signing many fans want, but the guy can ball and his best years are still ahead of him. Maybe putting Hunt and Jameis together could spark some character revival. Well, the last part of that question I would dismiss out of hand because I don't think if you have two guys that have been made bad choices off the field that you put them together and all of a sudden they're going to make good choices. So, um, I, you know, I think the bigger question is this, and, and I've gotten this question a lot um, about him. Look, he's really talented, and unfortunately this is an ownership decision. This is not one that, that – Jason Light or, you know, no matter how much Bruce Arians believes in second chances, you're not going to make this decision as a head coach. You may suggest that, you know, that, that he'll help you and Hunt will help you for sure. And you need, you may have a need at running back and he's dynamic and, you know, this, this is the guy that could put us over the top and all those things may be true, but they're only true from a football standpoint, but there's a larger, much larger issue here. I mean, you're talking about something that was on videotape uh, where he, he actually kicked a woman while she's on the ground. I mean, there are some images that are really hard, and I always say this, have, have, have the press conference. You know what I mean? It, explain to your fans um, what your filter is, just what your tolerance for bad behavior is, and what you're willing to overlook 
um, or give second chances to. You know, it, it's it's really, and you could say, well, what about Winston? And eh, yeah, Winston wasn't. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Convicted of anything, certainly was accused, and there's been civil suits, and we know the league suspended him over this last incident, um, which is not attractive, to say the least. Um, but it's not domestic violence. It's not that sexual assault or accusations are better. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, the, these are fairly serious charges. And I'm not sure that the league, uh, once Hunt comes back, you know, and, and gets a team, I think there's going to be a suspension of some kind. So you can't assume that you would have him for 16 games. You don't know exactly what the NFL would do in terms of discipline. So there's a lot wrong with that theory. Um, and, you know, will he play again someday? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, he's, you know, he's a young, dynamic player. Ray Rice was sort of at the end of his years when, um, when the videotape surfaced about him and he never played again. Um, but, you know, people have to have a filter um, as, a, as an organization. What do we stand for? What are we willing to stick our necks out for? Who are we willing to stick them out for? Because uh, you know it's going to be a huge pushback. And just because a guy can play football – doesn't necessarily mean he should be on your team and um you know so so that my my short answer is i have no clue and i'm sure it's something they'll discuss uh and i'm sure that uh it would be a very difficult thing i would think for the glazers just to say yeah let's do that we're good with that because remember i mean you do have a quarterback who's polarizing in, in and of himself it's not as if you know this is the only guy that you've taken a chance on if you add him to the mix now, who are you? You know, you're willing to win at all costs. There's there's no filter, uh, or, or at least the filter is, is not, you know, domestic violence. I mean, those are all hard things to stand up there and try to rationalize in the name of winning a couple of football games. So my guess is he won't come, um, but I don't know Bruce Arians very well, and I certainly don't know the, don't know the running back. So uh, I guess we'll find out together. All right, Mike asked, a little change of topic, but – why didn't Roger Goodell pick up the phone and stop the play to correct the no call in the Rams Saints game? What's the point of having that power to do so if you don't use it? Well, he was, uh, you know, at the time on his way or, you know, watching someplace in Kansas City. I don't know what his access was to New York. And frankly, there's not a mechanism for it, although it's been suggested. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad one. Um, look, I'm. I'm not for replaying every play because I, I just think that, you know, we're going to get into an area that no one's going to be happy ever. And um, I think there's a human element to the game. Now, that was such an egregious call that, you know, the problem is it was a non-call. It was a no-call. Had, you know, had, say, the official called pass interference um, and there was no pass interference, you know, maybe upon replay you could pick up the flag, that sort of thing. Um, but they don't, there's no mechanism to drop a flag after the fact, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I mean, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing. Um, I, I tend to think that, I tend to think that replay 
is is probably going to be added to include pass interference um, on some level. I don't know exactly what. I don't think you're going to necessarily replay every pass interference. What they can do, though, with respect to, like, Roger Goodell, the, the powers that he's talking about, uh, and it, this has uh, been suggested that, you know, you have an official either either in New York or at at the game who has access to all the game, you know, to the, to the entire game, to the replays, everything. And this extra official, if you will, is there working in conjunction with New York to make sure that this sort of play doesn't happen. In other words, the goal is to get it right. So if if they were to see an obvious mistake, you know, um, a pass interference like the one against the Saints. Uh, referee puts the you know puts the ball down and whatever whatever that thing is I don't I don't want to think you'd expand it to holding penalties and all that but maybe but something that the world knows instantly oh no that they blew it they botched it that's a bad call that you could then buzz down whatever stop the game and say uh-uh no that you know that one was so obvious that we're gonna give the ball to, to New Orleans first down whatever and then let the chips fall where they may. So there might be sort of this emergency interaction powers type type clause from on high where you know where the team doesn't have to throw a challenge flag where it's it, it may or may not be in the final two minutes but just you know something that's that egregious and that obvious because what's going to happen Steve is that you know you already have I think sports betting in seven or eight states right and pretty soon you're going to have a problem on your hands because if you have this sort of uh, money you know invested in these championship games and Super Bowls and just and the amount of money invested every week by you know in gambling in general, if the league doesn't regulate it, if people think that there is a a you know a, a chance even just a scintilla of a chance that this this thing is not on the up and up, you know that there might be changing the outcomes, then what's going to happen is they're going to drag them before Congress and they're going to regulate it, you know, like they do gambling. So the league would be wise to go ahead and take care of their own house rather than being forced to do it if that makes sense. And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 those are great questions. Um, you know, I, I, I think that there will be sort of a, I mean, I think one way to attack it is to do just that, not, not Goodell per se, but to say, Hey, every game has an official. And if something egregious is missed, boom, we're going to call down and fix it. All right. Craig in Vegas asks, could you see the Pro Bowl in a few years when the Raiders stadium is done moved to Vegas? Uh, I could. Yeah, I certainly could. I mean, the Pro Bowl is one of those games that, you know, it's as much a, a, of a good vacation spoiled um, simply because, you know, these guys, it's a terrible all-star game. You can't really play football. You know, you don't want to get guys hurt. You're not going to go hard. The practices last about an hour. They're just glorified walkthroughs. Um, you know, no one wants to tackle all that stuff. So, uh, Vegas is a, obviously a vacation spot. Now it's, I don't know, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about Vegas cause I know they've tried hard to make it family oriented and there are probably things that families can do, but it's not Disney world, right? Um, it is more of an adult town. At least that's the way I, I look at it, but Vegas, you know, has the pools and has the hotels and, uh, and we'll have a new stadium. So, I don't think it's that far fetched. I know they're going to they're get a Super Bowl. That's inevitable. That always happens with the building of a new stadium. So, why not a Pro Bowl in uh, in the meantime? All right, we'll switch gears now. And Jeff asked an interesting question. He says, five or ten years from now, and they're building a Mount Rushmore for just the Lightning. You'd be hard pressed to not have Marty St. Louis as one of them. 
but someone off of the current team would have to be left off. If, if you think Stammer and Vassy are on, then what about Point, Kucherov, and Hedman? Man, that, that, I mean, that's a nice problem to have, right? I mean, think about those names and, and just what those guys have done already as young players. I mean, there's some projection in this, Steve, and you know it as well as, as anyone. Um, the guy, the odd man out there that I just don't have enough information about, although he's on a, a great arc, uh, is Braden Point. I, I don't know how he's going to compare to guys like Steven Stamkos or even, um, you know, I, obviously you would think that Vasilevsky, if, if he continues on his current arc, he would be in the Mount Rushmore. Um, but doesn't you know, some doesn't uh, some Kucherov of this depend maybe. on if they win a cup or multiple cups? Well, sure. Is, is this I mean, group, if this group doesn't win a cup, then, yeah, then, then are you're you going to look at him totally. Are you taking LeCavier off? No, of course not. No, absolutely not. I mean, I think the cup is the is the reason why Marty's in there. It's the reason why Benny's in there. Um, I still think Stamkos' career can stand on its own, whether he wins it or not, mm-hmm. um, because we've seen him now for 10, 11 years, whatever it's been. Um, one of the elite scorers in the NHL, captain, um, you know, played in the Stanley Cup, didn't win it, but, you know, was always took his team uh, to the top. So I, I don't know that he's dependent, but the others may well be. Hedman's um, the best and, defenseman this franchise has ever had. Yeah, I think Stats so. Stats-wise, sure. and, and, you know, you look at the overall game, you sure. know, it's hard to leave him off. Right. Right. But, yeah, I think some I of the, the, I bought, it depends I mean, on I've, if they win cups. I mean, let me ask you this. Is is Brad Richards at all in their Mount Rushmore? Because to me, when that 0-4 team played, those were the big three. I mean, I know he's not a Hall of Famer, you know, like Marty, but wouldn't – I mean, would Richards be given that yeah, or did he know, not play here long enough? Um, let's, I mean, is Javi Bullen on there? I mean, I, you know you know, Vinny and, yeah. Vinny and Marty are there. For sure, for sure. You know, Andrew Chuck's probably not on there just because he wasn't here long enough. Right. Well, he's, he's, he's the iconic moment of lifting the cup as the captain, of course, <laughs> in the statue yeah. out front. It's outside the building. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's well-deserved, but I don't know if he's on your Mount Rushmore based on how long he's been here. Yeah. I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, you know, there. I mean, the good news is you have a lot of, a lot of choices, but this, this group I, I think here. Stammer's will... on it right now, so. Oh, agreed, agreed. But the rest of them, I mean, this group here has a chance to do something special like 04 did, and. I think, you know, if they keep the core together that you're going to have a number of those guys. Well, this group has a that... chance to do what 04 didn't do, and that's win multiple cups. And part of the 04 problem was they had, a, you know, the, the, the lockout right. the next year. Yeah, the lockout, sure. So they and didn't have they, a season then, to follow up. And then Javi Bullen was a free agent. They lost the goaltender, and, yeah, they lost all the momentum and all that stuff. So, yeah, they couldn't do that. But, let, but you know – you said have a chance to win multiple. You got to win one. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to get one before you can get more than one. So um, this is, uh, man. I, I, I mean, I almost wish it were. You know, we skipped right to to the postseason because, but there's a lot of highway. There's a lot of highway between now and that first series, right? So yeah. with injuries and and the kind of sport it is, you just don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of the players would like to go ahead and fast forward too. Heck yeah. Although one thing Heck to keep yeah. an eye on, and you know, the Lightning are dominating with 76 points at the All-Star break, is look out for Calgary. They're only five points back. I know it. Now, they've played two more games. They haven't had their bye week. Their bye week will come after the, the all, this All-Star break here. So, so you, you've got two games in hand, but they're only five points behind as far as the President's Trophy goes. Calgary's on a roll right now. Well, and I almost let them have it because, you know, that's not a great track record for people winning the president's sure. uh, trophy. But 
wouldn't it be serendipitous in some ways that if uh, the Lightning go back to the Stanley Cup and, right. and win it, that it would be against Calgary? Right. But then you'd want to – but here's the thing. You want to finish ahead of Calgary, so game seven is at home. Absolutely. And that's the way it was back in 04 yes. with Marty winning game six. I mean, the President's Trophy doesn't mean anything, but to have games you – know, and most hockey players will tell you, they don't care where game one is. But game seven – They care about game help. seven. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good points. All right, we'll switch to baseball now. And Steven asks, if you could look into your crystal ball, what will the race pitching rotation look like at the end of the year? Uh, well, Steve, you, you, you've talked with me about this. I mean, I, I, we know that Blake Snell is the number one. He's the ace. He's, you know, pitcher number one here with the Cy Young Award. And then, and then they got Charlie Morton, um, who's going to, I would imagine, either be two or three, and along with uh, Glass now, Tyler Glass now. Who had some electric stuff? So if you get past those three, it's it's wide open at least to start the year. I mean, I don't think could somebody earn a job like a Ryan Yarbrough? That's that's possible. But I think you'll see two may, openers to start the season. I think, yeah, that's what I believe. I think and you'll it, see. And the it may three be the third day of the openers. season, and the fifth day of the season, or you know, they may space it. I mean, it may start. You know, Blake Snell on opening day, and then an opener on the second day, Morton the third day, and trying to save the bullpen in that. You know how they space it out. We don't know. Exactly. So beyond that, you got guys coming off injury. I mean, uh, you got the, the Tommy John guys, right? Brent Honeywell could be back sometime, what, June or July, depending on. Yeah, you know, he and Jose De Leon should be back sometime midseason, assuming everything goes according to plan with Tommy John rehab. Anthony Bonda's probably later in the season, if not missing the whole season. Right. Because he did, he, his uh, injury happened in May, maybe June last year. A little later, yeah. So my guess is they may not even pitch him next year. They may just wait till 2020 for Anthony Bonda. Sure. But, you know, a chance that that, that Honeywell gets back. And um, will we talked about Jalen Beeks or any of those guys. Uh, yeah, I'll be curious if Ryan Yarborough forces his way into a starting job. I mean, right. he did very well as the you know long guy during openers last year. I mean, what did he win 14, 15 games, yeah. right? I mean, no, absolutely. He, he did fantastic in that role. Um, you know, Jalen Beeks, who they got in a trade, you know, can he take the next step to force them to, you know – Look, the Rays are committed to the opener, but they've always said, hey, if we've got five starters, we can roll out there, you know, every five days. We'll do that. I mean, yeah. they believe in the opener, but if you've got five guys good enough to start, they'll go back to that. Well, and they're also an organization. There's a good chance that we don't, you know, that, that one of the guys in the rotation isn't here yet. I mean, there could be more deals. Look at the deals they made um, last year after the start of the regular season, you know, and so they're always tinkering. Um, there could be more based on how, how young guys develop, how fast they develop, who they want to get to the major leagues. You know, they still have players they could definitely trade, some veterans. So um, I'm not sure that we know um, that, you know, what the ultimate rotation will be. All right. And AVG asks, beside the addition of Avicel Garcia, will the Rays add another big bat? Well, that's the intention, isn't it? I mean, I don't know where you're going to play him. Uh, it's got to be a right-handed or, or it's got to be a DH type that can maybe maybe play some first base or something because the outfield, to me, Steve, is pretty crowded. I mean, I don't. I think I, the most I obvious is if they trade for JT Realmuto. Right, the you're catching, yeah. yeah, and then they'd have to make a deal, you know, with one of the catchers. That well, Zunino at that point may be going to Miami in the deal. I mean, yeah, because you're going to have to trade for him. Uh, obviously, anybody they sign, you're probably going to have to deal somebody else. I mean, they're they're getting kind of crowded on the roster. Exactly. But they're not afraid to from, do that either. So if they have an if they have an opportunity that they think makes their team better, they're going to take it in a heartbeat. Absolutely, 
Yeah, absolutely. And they I think they've done a good job. I mean, I like I like some of their young players, some of the guys that have been in the league for a while. Um, you know, you got Kiermaier's coming back. We don't know, you know, he his problem has just been staying healthy, but um their outfield is really, really good. I, I I don't know that they you'd predict that they could win ninety games. Nobody predicted that last year and, and obviously they're gonna have more of a target on their chest. The Yankees and the Red Sox are not getting worse, folks. I mean that's they're still in the American League East. They're still the premier teams, and your young teams too. They have very young cores as well. So I don't think they're going anywhere. This could be a battle for the, for the Rays to get back on top. But I like their club. I mean, last year I had them losing a hundred. They changed the whole thing. They started with this opener concept, and it worked. And uh, and now you know if they can run Snell, Morton, and Glass now out there every five days, and then mix in the openers, I think they'll do pretty well. All right, and our final comment comes from Steve, and he was responding to my comments last night saying Bonds was the best position player I've ever seen. And he says, but he couldn't even throw out Sid Bream from deep short. Cheated like hell because of his ego, not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Sid Bream. Wow, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, that uh, that broke a lot of hearts in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Sid Bream. How, how stacked was that outfield in Pittsburgh? When oh, my God. Bonds, Bonilla, and Van Slyke. Pretty good, and, and they were all in their prime, too. And Van mm-hmm. Slyke was as good a center fielder as there ever was. Yep. Look, Bonds could do it all. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he didn't make that play, but but he had a, a better-than-average arm and was a better-than-average outfielder um, back in the day. Um, I don't know, Steve, you take this one. It seems like he's throwing some shade at you a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing. And, you know, the, the, the steroid part, if you don't think you should be in the Hall of Fame, I, I understand. That's that. fine. I'm fine. That's with fine. That. I've never seen a positional player in my life, and I've, I've seen Barry Bonds play in person many times, mm-hmm. that completely you game plan for him in baseball. You change the way you manage because of his at-bats, of yeah. when he's up That's and true. who's on and that. I mean, when you walk a guy down two with the bases loaded to avoid him, I've just never seen a player change the opposing team's game plan the way they approach an at bat or an inning because he's coming up, like they like they did with Barry Bonds and his he had for over many years. His prime was a long time. He had over seven hundred. I want to say almost seven hundred fifty or seven hundred something intentional walks, intentional walks in his career. I mean, guys, and his on base percentage as a result of of just you know he would not swing at bad pitches and they didn't give much to hit. I mean, his on base percentage is damn near four fifty for his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane some of the numbers that he put up. And, and that's not just all steroids. I mean, he was, you know, before his hat size got bigger, he was uh, mm-hmm. a, a, on, on a pretty good path to probably making the Hall of Fame and hitting over 600 home runs anyway. So, you know, I, I, is he the best all-around player I've seen? No, I'm a little older than you. But but he's, I tell you what, he, he's, he's in the roll call, as they say, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've said for call. years that, you know, Bonds is the best player I've ever seen and Pedro Martinez is the best pitcher I've ever seen in person. I'll tell you a guy that, that we don't get to see much that, that is, is if you look at his numbers, is Mickey Mantle, and that's Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Oh, I he's mean, Trout, Trout is as good a player as I uh, – you know, you talk about being able to do everything, run, hit, hit with power, throw, you know, um, you know just affect, affect the whole game in every way you can affect the game. I think Mike Trout is our generation's now – because baseball's become regional, because he plays on the West Coast, because I don't think baseball does a very good job of promoting their stars, Mike Trout is not as big a star as he should be, and that's saying yep. something because everybody knows who he is. Well, he's on the second but, team in L.A. 
He's on a team right. that doesn't make the playoffs and isn't very right. good consistently. That's right. That's right. And you you know you play at ten o'clock at night, but there's not. I mean, who would be the second best player in baseball right now? I mean, I think he has a a fairly large gap uh, over everybody else for my money. For, I, for what, I agree. I mean, he's he, for the he way is he the plays. Best player in baseball today. Yeah, for the way he plays, I don't think I don't think number two is that close. Um, so. To me, before his career is over, if he stays, if he puts up the kind of numbers he has, my goodness. I mean, we're going to be looking at stuff that, you know, is crazy. Because he's still not that old of a guy. I mean, nope. I, you know, I he's still a fairly young guy who keeps himself in shape, doesn't miss many games, um, even though he's crashing into walls and things like that. So, yeah. But uh, but Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds was the deal now. He could, he was, there wasn't a whole lot that, that uh, you could find wrong with his game until – you know, he turned it into a freak show, and well, you still couldn't uh, find much wrong with his happened. game. You could just say he did it tame. No, he just yeah. I mean, he he became less of an outfielder and more of a hitter. Yeah, um, as he got older, he didn't run as well. His, near the he end, didn't but. run as well. Didn't throw as well. But uh, what he was known for was that was that lethal bat, and nobody nobody wanted to see this guy come up with and men on base. In fact, they'd walk him with the bases loaded, so that so that he wouldn't clear the bases yep. on him. Yep. So amazing. Some great questions in our mailbag. We appreciate you guys participating as always, and uh, you know, keep them coming. We could, uh, we, we certainly love the interaction. Some breaking news as we wrap up this show uh, for the Friday for the week. A little bit of football Friday. John Harbaugh, the Ravens' uh, head coach. Remember, there's a lot of talk about whether he might be traded or go someplace else. Had one year left on his contract. Well, not anymore. They signed John Harbaugh to a four-year extension. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens did. So that's some serious longevity in Baltimore for John Harbaugh. And, you know, deservedly so. I mean, they're they're sitting there, um, you know, managed to overcome a slow start and uh, and make, make the playoffs with a young quarterback. So John Harbaugh will stay. Don't know about your boy Jim, uh, Steve, but uh, I guess well, he's, he's staying, staying in Michigan, Michigan this year. At least this year, right. He wants to win the Big Ten without Herb. <laughs> well, it's the best shot. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, we've got a uh, packed weekend. Of course, it's uh, sort of an all-star weekend, NHL all-star game this weekend. Skills competition is tonight. The uh, Of course, the game uh, is on Saturday night. And then uh, the Pro Bowl, which uh, I just came back from the workouts there uh, the other day, that's going to be at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Mike Evans, the lone representative for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, probably the worst of all the all-star games. But if you want, if you want your football fix before the Super Bowl, there you have it. And we are just two weeks away from Ray's Fan Fest. So we're going to be starting with baseball here coming up pretty soon. That's always uh, a wonderful thing. And remember, um, we'd love to uh, have you uh, be one of our sponsors. People that do that are having great success uh, with our listeners, and we appreciate uh, both the listeners and the sponsors getting together. You can always, uh, for more information, reach us at Sports Day TV on Twitter, or you can reach me at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com we'd love to have you part of the sports day tampa bay team and rick have you checked out the new podcast blood and truth from the tampa bay times i have and let me tell you that that story is gripping and i encourage anybody to go listen to it because i i don't know if you read the what seven or eight part series whatever it is but it's fascinating yeah chapter five just came out this week as far as the podcast goes in 1976 Mm -hmm. a jury convicted tommy ziegler of four murders For more than two decades, he's been trying to convince the state of Florida to allow full DNA testing of the evidence in his case. He says it would help exonerate him. The state has refused again and again. You can hear it all on the Tampa Bay Times Blood and Truth podcast. 
Just do a search on iTunes or Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Search for Blood and Truth Podcast, and you'll find it there. The first five uh, chapters are up. All right. Thanks for that, Steve. And uh, for everybody, for Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.